0: Hello and welcome to Episode 4 of the City Connect Podcast with me, your host, Prince Carl. I'm very excited to be here on Episode 4. Today it's just me and you. Um, No interviews. I'm going to just tell my story of why, how I started my first business, which was uh, formerly known and, and currently known as the City Connect Airport Shuttle. Um, the whole thing started when I was—I had decided to be a Lyft driver, and being a Lyft driver was definitely the beginning of my um, entrepreneurial career. It was the, kind of the, that point in which I I realized that I could support myself. Up until that point, I had I had worked a, a series of jobs. And, um, you know, I, I would just kind of go from job to job to job. Um, the last job that I talked about on the podcast was my times with the psychiatric hospital. And, and the, kind of the connection of the business that I started to that was that when I was at the psychiatric hospital, I had a lot of time to kind of plan and strategize what I was going to do for my next move. Um, I think uh part of the reason f- to start a business was the fact that um i felt like you know i was at one point i thought about getting another job or moving on from that job after i had worked there nearly 3 years and i kind of realized i didn't have much going on that any job that i would get would c- pretty much be along the same lines and you know you hear people oh i got another job but it was basically a lateral move it wasn't anything advancing them in their career or their income or, their, or really any in any way they were just kind of working at a different hospital doing the same job so I didn't want to do that and it was super depressing to me to think like oh man I gotta go out and get another job and you know go through that whole process of interviews and you know so I said you know what? I don't really have much to lose and uh, I've got everything to gain and I remember talking to one of uh, the psych patients there I was on what they call a one-to-one at the psych house and this guy was actively trying to kill himself but he um... I was telling him that I was thinking about starting my own business and he was like, yeah, that'd be cool and then you'd have your own business and I always thought that that was a cool concept that it would be something that I started that I had that was sort of my um, my creation if you will that would be able to um, hopefully be very profitable and I remember when I started it, I started from a place where I was living in Riverside, California I was living in a very um, bad place. You know, those were dark days in Riverside, California. Um, It's almost embarrassing how bad it was there, but, you know, it was a a small one-bedroom apartment. No central air. um, No security whatsoever. Stuff was getting stolen left and right. My neighbors were literally stealing from me while I slept or while I was out at work. Uh, at one point, my car was stolen, and um, I ended up having to move out of there because there was just too much stuff getting stolen, and it was just um, the, the neighbor situation was was pretty bad there. Basically, with this, it was this woman and her daughter that lived there, and they attracted the worst of the worst. I mean, all these guys were just kind of in and out of jail. Their kids were in and out of jail. They were in and out of jail. She was wearing an ankle bracelet, and basically they were kind of like, uh, to your face. They were, they were the best friends I'd ever had. They were always inviting me to their parties and stuff. But, you know, when I would leave and go to work, they were just, just ripping me off. You know, it was crazy. I mean, there was no, there was absolutely no security whatsoever. So that was one of the reasons that I moved out to this new place that I have, which I'm very fortunate to have. And, um, I've got a lot of, you know, peace and quiet here. um, so I was at the psych hospital, and I kind of was looking for my next move of what I was gonna do. Did I want to go out and get another job? No. Um, everybody that was there was very encouraging and super helpful, and um, you know said, you know, I'm I'm gonna. I've always heard about these stories about people starting a business and you know starting a business from nothing and, and creating something, um, and I'm gonna do that, you know. And and I got the urge and and the the will up and. I actually went out and the first move I made was probably the worst move I made in that business looking back in retrospect was I bought this van it was a it was a Ford E350 12 passenger white van and I decided that I had I had had so much fun driving Lyft when I was doing Lyft I was, and it was kind of the beginning of, of Lyft and Uber, and I was like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna start my own transportation company. And if I had a van, I'd be able to um, take people from Riverside to L.A. and back, and that's, whenever I would do those runs, taking people from Riverside to L.A. or back, I would make the most money on Lyft, so I was like, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to get my own van and start my own business doing that. And it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, because I didn't have any money to buy the van. I remember I went out and I got an auto title loan on my vehicle, which was nuts. Um, it's embarrassing, actually, to talk about this. Things are going much better now, by the way, just so you know. And, and I'll I'll get to where I'm at now. But this is this is we're talking twenty fifteen uh, ish, um, so about five five years ago. But um, I bought the van. I remember I bought it cash. I got an all-title loan, which is wild. Um, I remember my dad helped me out to some capacity, gave me like a thousand bucks. I mean, I, I literally had like no money, and somehow I scraped together this amount of money. I plunked it down, bought this van. Worst decision ever. I bought the van for like five thousand dollars, but in retrospect, it needed a lot of work. It needed about a two thousand dollar transmission overhaul it needed the air conditioning replaced twice, it needed all new tires, it needed so much. Um, and it. I actually spent over the course of owning that van for two years I spent more than five thousand dollars just repairing it to a minimum standard, you know, just to to make it safe. Um, and I went out started, the. so I bought the van And I was like, I'm going to start my own transportation company. And I originally thought that that was going to be shuttling people from Riverside to L.A. And I started kind of a grassroots marketing effort with just business cards, trying to find customers that were interested in that. And I didn't have much traction with that. And realistically, that would take a long time to start because you need to find – you need to have a customer base of thousands of people – that would be using that service maybe only on like a weekly basis and, and that would you'd have to have that big of a customer base just to keep that thing going. So that was wild that I would that I had bought a van and committed my time and resources to having a business, but I had no customer base. I mean that was just insane. And I would that's one thing that I would never do again. If I was to do another business, I would um, team up with an existing business that already has a customer base and a marketing strategy or buy an existing business, which already has a customer base and an existing marketing strategy and basically scale it and grow it. But I didn't. I was like, well, I'm just committing myself to this and I'm going to have an airport shuttle. Well, at the time it wasn't an airport shuttle, but that's what it eventually evolved into. Amazingly, you know, what I will give myself credit for in this business is number one, I did it. Uh, I didn't just talk about it or dream about it, I did it. Uh, Number two, it made a sufficient amount of money to be able to support myself at least for a two year period, so I did have, you know, I was operating my own business and supporting myself for two years, which is pretty incredible. Um, At one point I had two vans and three drivers, Um, and that's kind of when I I got into the next phase of it. Eventually, I abandoned the idea of um, shuttling people from Riverside to LA, and I was like, I got to form a new strategy, and I remember I had this, like, it was so stressful at the time, because I was like, this has to work, I can't walk away from this, I can't fail at this, I absolutely have to make this survive, otherwise, I'll be homeless. I got very close to being homeless, like, literally, I mean, weeks away they kicked me out of the par- that apartment I would have been homeless. I would have lived in that van. Um, but I just kept motivating myself and just kept strategizing putting my work into it. And I got to a point where I was working, you know, 14-hour days. I would, like any small business owner I have was working seven days a week. This isn't really a glamorous story. I'm sorry to say it. Um, I wish that this story had some ending where I made millions and millions of dollars and sold the company for billions of dollars and, and walked away from it you know rich and happy but it it, it, it it wasn't what it was at the time I I had big plans and, and high aspirations of starting my own business and I was going to do that at any cost and that's what I did but realistically what I did was I bought myself a small business that I was essentially a slave to and I was forced to, to, to work these crazy hours, you know, um, so after I abandoned the idea of, of having an airport shuttle uh, uh, or a Riverside shuttle, excuse me, I I found a local uh, airport shuttle company called Apollo shuttle, and I called him up, and there was a guy that owned it by the name of George, he's still a good friend of mine to this day, this guy's a really good guy, and I remember he, I called him up, and I said, hey, this is what I'm trying to do, can you help me out, and he's like, come meet with me and I met him over in Anaheim he was at a hotel and I show up and you know he's smoking cigarettes as he always does and he goes you know you're looking to start a a shuttle huh and I go yeah And he goes well this is what you need to do and he basically laid out an entire blueprint for me of how to start an airport shuttle um he saw that I had a van he saw that I was serious about it and he told me you know you're going to need to have about two to three customers every day just to remain profitable. Here, here's how the whole airport shuttle company thing works. And here's one of the reasons I don't like it and why I got out of it was when people plan a trip, let's say you're, you've got five kids and you want to take everybody to the Philippines. People usually budget their trip accordingly. Number one, they buy the, the airfare so they get themselves there. Number two, they work on what they're going to do as far as accommodations, hotel goes. And airfare and hotel accommodations usually account for, let's say, 70% of their cost of their trip, right? So they're spending 10, let's say they spend as much as $10,000 on this trip to go to the Philippines for three weeks for their whole family. Um, After they've budgeted for food and entertainment and everything else, the last possible thing that they think of budgeting for the trip is how they're going to get themselves from their home to the airport the day of the flight. And that's where I came in. And so, you know, it was crazy because these people were going on these $10,000 trips and they're talking all about their trips and stuff. And I'm picking them up and driving them to the airport. But at the end of the day, they're only paying me $100 to take them to LAX, you know? And if I've got my own business and I'm paying for my insurance fuel and everything, you know, accordingly, maintenance, um, I have to make at least $200 a day you know, gross just to be able to afford everything and, um, just hope and pray that they give me some sort of a tip, you know? So that's the question. If I don't have a customer base, how do I do that? How do I find enough of a customer base to, you know, do at least two runs a day and, uh, and make it swim. And so the answer to that question came from George and he said, there's an agency you can call and I'm not going to say the name of this agency, but in in some senses this agency was a scam and he said call this agency up he goes there's this guy by the name of Danny I've changed Danny's name but um, Danny is someone that I will refer to as the masked man and let me say something in business if you ever enter into any kind of an agreement or partnership with anyone And they refuse to meet you in person. They refuse to show their face. And they like to stay as the masked man. um, That's a major red flag. And that's exactly what this guy was doing. This guy's plan was to spend a lot of money on Google advertising. And I love Google, but the problem is that Google doesn't always follow up to see... If the businesses that they're promoting are, you know, necessarily legitimate or unscrupulous, and it's anyone who pays enough money to Google can be, you know, can have their business come up as a top hit for certain keyword phrases. You know, the way Google works is you type in a keywords like let's say um, van shuttle to LAX or airport shuttle or LAX airport shuttle, LAX transportation, those are all keywords, and depending on how much you pay, um, Google will place you as number one, number two, or number three hit, and um, what this individual named Danny was doing was spending a lot of money on Google. Um, By his account, he told me he, at one point, was spending $30,000 a month on Google advertising. I don't know if that's true, because I I, honestly, again, he's one of those people where you just have to listen to what they say, and maybe half of it's true, maybe 20% of it's true, maybe maybe none of it's true, but that's what he said, and he would spend a lot of money on Google Advertising, he had a website that was not, it didn't really look very professional, and on this website, it would show different vans, different vehicles that you could book to get to LAX, so you type in the keyword, hey, I need a, a van to LAX, or I need transportation to LAX, his website comes up, because he's paid to promote it, and you then book, I need transportation for four people, three people, two people, whatever, from point A to point to LAX, or LAX to to point A, and I'll be willing to pay you know, $100 for a round trip. And so he, he kind of was like Undercutters Pizza. like He would price his airport transportation lower than what the going rate was. Probably about 20% lower than the going rate. So after he would do that, he would require them to pay for the trip, which is not totally on the up and up, because here's the thing about this company. He was essentially an agency. Um, He showed vehicles on his website, but he employed no drivers and he had no vehicles. So he was basically just someone marketing this service and saying, We're going to get you to the airport. We're going to pick you up. We're going to charge you this much. You're going to pay it. As soon as you pay it, here's your reservation. Here's your email. And that was it. Um, Where I came into it was that he would then contract out with other drivers who had vans or other vehicles. And the night before. the the, the particular run was supposed to happen, let's say you booked and you said you needed to be picked up at your home uh, at 5 a.m. to go to LAX because you had a flight at 11 a.m. The night before, he would post on his internal website all these runs. Maybe he'd post maybe 30 or 40 of these runs. Um, Some were going to LAX, some were LAX pickups and he would say, you know, and he would hope that some of the drivers that he had contracted with would pick up these runs, and a lot of them would get picked up. Now if I picked up, let's say two of these runs, um, and he's charging the customer fifty, $100 to go there, $100 back, I would only collect 50% on each end, which is atrociously low. So I'd get 50 bucks to take them in, and 50 bucks to take them out, and hopefully you get a tip, on either way and the tip would barely cover your, your fuel cost because I was driving a van that was only getting uh, about 13 miles per gallon. It's, it's interesting because in retrospect I really do know all the numbers. When I was in the midst of doing this business I wasn't on top of the numbers I was just kind of doing it and treading water but factually looking back on it I look at it from a numbers perspective and it really doesn't make sense. It, it was a bad plan. So, um, that's basically how it would work. Now here's, here's now now assuming that this guy posted, um, let's say 50 of these runs to and from LAX, and all 50 got taken, and he contracted out all of the work and everybody was taken care of, then that would be a legitimate operation. He, he provided the service of the customer booking the run. Um, one of his contractors picked up and did the actual work of the run. Now here's the problem a lot of these runs would never get picked up. And so a lot of the times, people would be left hanging. Um, imagine the people who had spent $10,000 on a trip to the Philippines and they need transportation for all seven of their family members and they need to go to the airport. Um, they would basically be left high and dry. Sometimes there would be no phone call, no follow-up, no email, of even cancellation for that airport pickup service. That's the problem, um, that they were, this company, the agency was not good about uh, canceling people. If they did cancel them, they usually cancel them last minute. And um, sometimes they didn't cancel them at all, and they kept their money, and then the customer would have to chase them down and say, hey, give me my money back. Um, You know, you guys flaked on me. And it's probably pretty nerve wracking when your airport ride doesn't show up. So that, that was a strange thing about it. Um, now, the, the benefit to me was that I had a chance to pick up these customers. I was very passionate about what I did. I loved what I did. I loved my customers. And it's interesting because... <coughs> excuse me. I haven't done this job, this airport shuttle. The last time I did it would have been April of 2018. It's now... Uh, we're now in 2020. Um, to this day almost two years later that people still call me and ask for airport trips Um, and when I announced ultimately that I was discontinuing the service people were very disappointed but um, people who had who I, I, I would I would pick these customers up from the service from the agency and sometimes they would say, well, you know, we really like you and I see that you have your own business and you're a contractor. I'm going to hire you directly. Give me your card. Give me your number. And they would call me directly. And that's how I got a lot of customers. Um, it was something that was never really discussed or talked about with the agency. I don't think the agency liked that I was stealing customers, but they never really said anything. And most of the guys were doing that anyway. Um, but I did get some customers and I, and I had some time to meet them and, and so forth, but... Um, what ultimately started to happen was, um, I, I, at one point I I bought a second van. Um, that was probably a mistake and I had other drivers and they were doing runs, but again, I was making so little money. I was only making like 50 bucks on each of these runs that if I have a driver, you know, I can barely collect anything from him. If I'm only making $50 a run, how much is he going to make? You know, it was barely nothing. So a lot of these drivers would, um, drive for me for a little bit and then realized that I really didn't have much business and there wasn't much money be made doing it and coincidentally it was the, the timing was awful um this was the beginning of uber starting to pick people up from the airport I think Lyft had just started picking people up from the airport and now uber was doing it so it's like having your own business being out there completely in the wild world of uh, airport sh- transportation which already wasn't paying that much but now Uber and Lyft are doing it. It was just like the timing could not have been worse. Um, interestingly, d- despite all of these adverse things going against me, um, I did manage to be make myself successful enough to, to keep it going for two years. I developed a great customer base that still calls me to this day, that I still miss. Um, and the reason I was able to do that is because of the fact that... Um, LAX has 94 million people that use that airport on a yearly basis. So with that load of people, it's the second busiest airport in the United States. Busiest is Atlanta Hartsfield, which does over hundred million people a year. So with that volume of people going through any business, any website, any airport transportation is going to gain a certain number of customers and be able to, You know, a fraction of a tenth of a percent is still fairly significant when you're talking about 94 million people. I mean, that's like a third of the U.S. population. So it was kind of that number in my head, like that 94 million people a year using LAX. It was that number in my head that just kind of kept me going. I think, God, how can I I get a bigger piece of the pie? How can I keep this going? But, um, you know, the problem was the time. The problem was the maintenance of the van. Like I said, the van kept breaking down. It was not that great of a van to begin with. Um, I probably should have bought or leased a newer van. Um, and then the time, I mean, it was literally 14, 15, 16 hour days when I would wake up at four in the morning to, to pick up the first load, take them to LAX, wait in the parking lot at LAX, pick up another people coming out, go back. And I, mean, I was out LAX sometimes four times a day, which is crazy. And as most small business owners know, you couldn't take time off. It was a seven day a week, um, commitment. Because uh, let's say I want to take off the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and go see my kids and hang out, whatever. Um, I'm gonna have all kinds of people and customers calling me saying, "Hey, they need me to pick me up, or you know, need ride right to the airport." And you know, turning down five, six hundred dollars worth of business on those two days, I just it's like I couldn't afford to do it. Um, so ultimately, I started. I got to a point where I was just kind of treading water with the business, and I. Um, I had a big plan for City Connect, which I still stick to, um, of where I wanted it to go and what I wanted it to be and, and how I envisioned it. Um, and I ultimately did not see myself getting to that plan for a very long time with this business, which was basically just barely paying um, my living expenses. And it was just treading water. I didn't see it growing hugely or becoming considerably profitable within a, for a very long period of time. I was like, I'm going to base, I kind of thought to myself, um, I remember my cell phone was starting to die and it was like overheating. And and I was at the point where I was going to have to get a new cell phone and I was going to have to call that agency and deal with the owner of the, of the company and say, Hey, you know, I switched my cell phone. I need you guys to give me access to your app so I can keep doing it. And it was kind of like this point at which I was like, do I want to do this another year is anything going to change if I do it another year you know I realize I could probably do this another three four five years and there's really not going to be much of a change what will change is you know I'll invest more time I'll get older uh, my van my equipment will have more wear and tear like there were there were I didn't see much of a growth opportunity in it and it was at that point when I was like kind of looking at my cell phone and realized I didn't want to do it another year Dad, I decided to discontinue the airport shuttle and I said I think I'm gonna be a truck driver now and um, that's what I did I called up Swift and I said I want to be a trucker how's this work how do I go to the school and they said next week go to this location in Fontana and we'll teach you how and we'll get you up and running in your new truck that was probably the best decision I've ever made. I mean, looking back, um, trucking has brought me so much joy and pleasure and um, also so much opportunity. It's, it's one thing that it's having a CDL is kind of like a, a fine wine. I mean, it gets better with age. The longer you do it, the more valuable your CDL gets. There's a massive shortage of truck drivers. Uh, most people don't want to do it. I love doing it. I would honestly drive the truck for free. So the amount of happiness that I found by making that decision to discontinue my airport shuttle and get into trucking. This is probably a setup for the next uh, podcast. But um, I don't think I've ever been more stressed out during that period. Um, luckily my health was there with me hundred percent of the time. I never had any health problems. Um, but those were dark days. I mean, I, it was, there was a lot of times me, me being alone. Um, a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot of manifesting good things. And, and I think in retrospect, I too was a victim of my own optimism, which can happen when you're an entrepreneur. Um, if you get yourself all fired up and jacked up and keep pushing yourself to do something which is really not that good of an idea at the outset Um, I think if I looked objectively at it and said hey would I like to be an airport shuttle driver knowing what I know now I never would have done it you know it's one of those weird things it's like it's easy to look back on it and say that probably was not the best business idea but at the time I give myself a lot of credit for doing it, uh, for learning it and having my own business and giving myself the confidence to know that, you know, I can start something from nothing and have it be at least reasonably successful. Um, I know how to market. I know that I can uh, hire people and, and good people that I still keep contact with and have them be successful. I knew that um, I could build a passionate customer base. People were, it's it's weird to say, but just having this van with this logo that I created. I mean, people were excited about it and they still are and they still call me two years later. I don't know what it was. It was there was just a certain energy that I created uh, with City Connect that I want to keep going, but people really got behind it and, and I got really passionate about it and excited about it. Um, and so when I decided to be a trucker, City Connect took on a whole new light and instead of being an airport shuttle was now going to be a logistics company. and um, you know, that's what I've been working on uh, in, in several different capacities for the last two years. Um, and so that's something I'll get into more as it progresses. That's kind of what I'm in now, you know, in the midst of right now. And happy to say things are going very well. Um, it all worked out in the end. But um, that, for what it's worth, is my uh, illustrious start to entrepreneurship entrepreneurship sorry Um, quick little housekeeping on the podcast I really appreciate you listening Uh, I appreciate you sharing this podcast I've been getting feedback uh, good bad and ugly feedback Um, I love doing the podcast because it's long form you know this isn't like an Instagram story where you can say a quick little one-liner and then it's over in 10 seconds this is something where instead of just giving a little bullet point to someone, you can say, this is what it was like and these are some specific stories and this is kind of how it went down. So I really enjoyed it. Um, Podcasting is is growing by leaps and bounds. This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg for podcasts. Um, And again, I very much appreciate you listening and also sharing and I am overwhelmed and humbled by the numbers uh, that this podcast is doing. It's it's crazy, it's on all different formats. And every time I look at it, I'm like, wow, people are are definitely listening. So, I appreciate you, your engagement in my podcast. And the next podcast, um, I'm gonna try to get some of these interviews knocked out. I have these guys committed with some interesting stories. um, And we're gonna do that once I get myself to LA. And then I've also got some stuff I want to talk about. I want to go back in time to the 90s and kind of talk about, um, you know, some experience of the 90s, going to junior high and going to church and all that good stuff. But um, those are kind of more funny stories. I apologize if this is kind of a downer podcast because, it's again, it's, it's not the whole like, yeah, I started from nothing and then I blew it up into 100 millions of dollars and I just had all the success. But it is an authentic and real story. And at the, I guess the takeaway for me is is what I proved to myself that I could do and also the crucial mistakes that I made that I will never mistake, uh, make ever again. Uh, I have those written down, you know, just along the lines of not marketing enough, um, choosing the wrong business, poor timing. Um, you know, um, but things like, being passionate about what I do, we're investing the time and the hard work. um, Those are something that I absolutely did with the airport shuttle. And and for that reason, and that reason alone, it was was a success. And so um, I stand by it. And um, part of me wishes maybe I could just just for a few days, just just get it going again just for old time's sake. And I probably will do that when I get to the next level of my business. But um, thank you again for listening. And I'll see you in the next podcast.